This episode is sponsored by Luminous Creative Agency. Headquartered in downtown Providence, Luminous works with businesses and organizations to enhance their marketing efforts by developing high-quality creative content, such as video, ad campaigns, design, branding, and more. You can learn more by visiting Luminous.agency. That's L-U-M-I-N-O-U-S dot agency. to the Hey Roadie podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha. Hi, guys. This week, or this next couple of weeks, we're going to have a special series of podcasts. Uh, every year in January, we do a special cover story in our Providence Monthly magazine called Who to Watch. It actually used to be called Tend to Watch, and we revised it so we could uh, kind of fit different people in. Uh, this covers uh, individuals and uh, organizations that are doing something uh, or should be doing something big or different or uh, impactful in the year to come. And it's basically us highlighting these folks and saying we believe that they're going to be doing something big and that's going to have an impact on the city. And we better watch them, watch yeah, them while they do it. Them. Yeah. Um, so for our first, I'm really excited that um, our first guest is Aya Josiah Fidewar. He is a very special person. Our conversation was great. And just to be very clear with you guys, he had to come in twice because Nick and I messed up the first audio file. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's fair. Uh, there was a, a technical difficulty. Yeah, it wasn't and, our fault. <laughs> uh, we, he left. We said goodbye. We were like, "Oh, that was a great podcast. That was a, such a great episode." And then we went to go listen back a little bit, and it just sounded incredibly awful. There was some kind of corruption, and we had to. He was so gracious to come back and record with us a second time. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I try to be one of those people who believes that things happen for a reason. I feel like it did because I feel like our second conversation somehow was even better than our first, which I feel like if it was almost impossible, but somehow it was. He is very inspiring. Him and his family own a West African restaurant called Bitamani. It's opening in um, downtown Providence. The story behind his family's journey um, to get to Providence is really, really inspiring. And through that experience, Aya is now starting a nonprofit called Dismantle, where he helps future entrepreneurs get the resources and learn and figure out how to get their projects going. So he was incredible. Yeah, and this is uh, probably going to be one of the longer of the Who to Watch, although we have, haven't recorded them all the way through yet. But mm. it was just one of those conversations that kept flowing. And I think at the end I had to say, all right, I got to cut us off here because <laughs> we're almost at an hour. So yeah. he was, he's a great conversationalist. He's a, a wonderful guy. And this was a just a really nice podcast and a good start to this series. Yeah, he's inspiring. He's definitely someone to watch in you know, in this coming year. And I feel lucky that we got to chat with him. Just like I feel so lucky and inspired by all of our Who to Watch people. I'm excited to get to meet them and to get to know them. And I'm excited for you guys to hear us. Yep. So be on the lookout. This uh, series is going to be a little bit different because we're going to drop uh, about three times a week. Uh, we were originally going to have our guests be um, kind of two to a, an episode, trying to get them done before our Who to Watch party, which I'll tell you about in a second. But instead, uh, after this first recording, we decided, you know what, they deserve their own episodes. We're Heck just going to yeah. release multiple a week. So there'll probably be about three a week. It'll lead up to our Who to Watch uh, party on January 18th at... Um, 
Narragansett, Narragansett Brewery. Yeah. Brewery. Brewery. Brewery on Tokwatton Street in yeah. Providence. And uh, that'll be at 6 p.m. And mm-hmm. just keep your eye out. Uh, there's all kinds of crazy stuff happening with COVID now, but we'll be keeping up to date with regulations and, you know, having to stick to those. So we'll yep. keep you up to date on those too. Yeah. We'll have some fun vendors there. We'll have some cool things to check out. Um, it's going to be a really great sort of comeback for us. We haven't had a party in, you know, what's been a full year? Is it two years? I Probably don't even almost know. almost two years at this point. Yeah, it's been a really long time. Um, So it's, you know, as as long as we can go forward with it, we're really excited. We have some cool things up our sleeves and we can't wait to hang out with you guys. Yeah, so come uh, come down and meet these uh, Who to Watchers who you're about to uh, hear over the next few weeks and come enjoy a good party and a good food and good beer from Narragansett and also enjoy this episode. Heck yeah. Have fun, guys. Have fun. Okay. Because I first thing I need to say, just so everyone knows, is Aya Josiah Faidawar. There you go. Is here. And you're here for the second time because <laughs> I'm just putting it all out there. Aya came in and recorded with us last week and he was a superstar among the all the beautiful stars in the sky. He was the, the shiniest. And for some reason, Nick and I had a, a technical error. So he had to come in. We're, so we're re-recording. Yeah, so. we're re-recording. Second time to charm. I yeah. think, honestly, the recording was great, but the conversation, I think, was meant to continue. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're yeah. able to come back to do that. That's yeah, last week way. you left and we were like, that was so great. And then, you know, we go to play it back and I'm, then I'm just like banging my head against Oh, my God. It was the worst. <laughs> no. We like, and even I started emailing you that we needed to reschedule. And I was like, I'm going to keep putting this off until we try literally everything that could be wrong until I have to email him. And you were just so cordial and so very nice about coming back in thank yeah. you so much no honor and pleasure um you know any chance to talk more yeah um, right <laughs> apparently, uh, I, I jump at so yeah we I'm love happy. that and it was a great conversation and i don't doubt it'll be even better again. exactly we'll probably i'm sorry for you because we'll probably go over a couple of the same things no but worries. it's all good um so aya is um part of our who to watch so every year providence monthly does a who to watch issue where we highlight some of the people making big changes to the city are doing great things for the community through health, uh, uh, education, art, um, you know, community outreach, community art. Thank you. Community outreach. Um, so many different things. And you are a a player in that in a lot of ways. Um, so like we discussed last time we talked, (laughs) (laughs) last time was like a dress rehearsal. Yeah. 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 Um, we're gonna different than some of our other podcasts. It's going to be a little bit more like just hearing about you, your story, what you're mm-hmm. doing. Um, so the first thing is for people who might not know your name or know your business or know your upcoming projects, who are you? Who am I? <laughs> philosophical question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I am a son of uh, West African immigrants who came. My dad came to the U.S. first um, in the uh, 80s, and his uh, he was a... Uh, a a college student with a degree in agriculture and was looking to come to the U.S. to uh, further his education. He ended up uh, being in school for 10 years, um, including throughout uh, when uh, my parents had me and all my four siblings. Um, And his, you know, he went to Clemson University, West Virginia University, um, and was studying uh, engineering, math. You know, he just came with the expectation that he would build his skill sets as, you know, an engineer and eventually bring these uh, skill sets back to um, Sierra Leone, but really help 
solidify a foundation in education for us. Um, life happened. And so even though he amassed five degrees and he and my mom were, you know, had a five uh, kid family and they were, you know, really starting off uh, this American dream. Um, it was just difficult. They were not able to gel in the way that they had hoped. And my dad ended up getting full custody of us. And um, he ended up being a single father coming to Boston to raise us um, five kids on his own. And um, we went through a lot of challenges. Mm -hmm. And it was in those challenges of growing up in urban communities, growing up in public housing, going to public schools that, um, you know, seeing my brothers and my uh neighbors and friends um, navigate things like, you know, uh, police involvement and over-policing and, and being targeted and things that I was experiencing as well and, and going through the school system and seeing in real life how the prison, the school to prison pipeline is actively working when students are being suspended and expelled and just being pushed out from the education um, system and being made to feel that this is just not the place for for them and being in that position as someone who the education system was responding positively to um and not that I wasn't cutting up just as much as others but because I would you know do my work first and then start distracting or cracking jokes um I was treated differently and so you know I think that these formative years and what my family went through really formed the foundation of what when I did end up uh, matriculating to brown and, uh, you know, which, which is what brought me to, to Providence, brought me to Rhode Island. Woo. Um, yeah, which is very exciting. Um, That's how we stole you from Boston. Yeah, we're happy that you're here. <laughs> and I'm happy to be here. And I yeah. think that it was really those experiences that formed the foundation of my kind of social impact oriented, um, mm. you know, kind of trajectory because it just was things that I observed in my community, things that I grew up experiencing and dealing with and navigating. Um, so, yeah, so that that's really what brought me to, to Rhode Island and, um going to Brown just changed my life. I think, you know, academically, of course, being, you know, in that kind of environment was really impactful, but it exposed me to Providence, mm. this amazing city with this such rich culture and such interconnected community. Me as a transplant at that time, just for, for college was really brought in people like um, Victor Capayan, um, who was deputy superintendent at the time of Central Falls School, was so critical and just connecting me with his network. And so I was in the ed space and got into the kind of political space mm. um, and just community oriented space. And so many people just saw the energy and the interest in getting engaged here in Providence. And unlike in a lot of other cities, it wasn't like, well, you're not from here. So you know, you can't really, you know, sit at the table. People are like, you've got energy, you've got yeah. excitement, you want to be here. Um, and that with the food and with the, mm. you know, just the the quirkiness yeah. um, and the art artisticness, just the the look of the feel of this city just really uh, made it clear for me that this is where I wanted to be. This is mm. where I wanted to figure out the next steps in my life. And so, um, yeah, just started getting involved in community work and was a college advisor at Mount Pleasant High School and at CCRI downtown and are or, or in Providence um, and then um, really got taken under the wing of Mike Van Leesten, who mm. the uh, uh, pedestrian bridge uh, is named after, who is truly a, a legend, a venerable legend who came through the civil rights um, movement, um, you know, was a Providence born and bred, um, you know, a black man and his family had been here as well for, um, you know, at least a, a generation 
Um, and um, he really brought me under his wing of just kind of getting involved in communities and really being a community first kind of leader. Um, and that really was, and he was a visionary. He, you know, I always made the joke about Mike Van Leesen that like, if you took a photo of all the like historically amazing things that happened in Providence, mm -hmm. whether the moving of the river downtown to, you know, um, just the, the renaissance that has been Providence's experience over the past, you know, a uh, couple of decades, Mike Van Leesen would be somewhere in each of these yeah. landmark photos, you know, because he was very involved in, in just the foundational elements of, of what made Providence Providence, particularly for urban communities. So, yeah, I mean, that was really the the, the real foundation yeah. of, of what got me on the place that, I, that I've got. Right now, I'm finishing up my dual degree at MIT, a city planning and an MBA dual degree. Um, where, you know, my goal is just to kind of like understand how these community systems interplay and work together and how to bring more stakeholders to the table. And that's where the MBA management kind of perspective is helpful in that. Um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm, that's what that brought me to that's the That's what got I'm you at. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, we I know we've said this to some other guests as well, but someone who's been both Nick and I are, you know, born in Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, and you know, some other people might be like, oh, you're not a Rhode Islander. Like if you're not from here, but <laughs> yeah. I, we think that like, if you come here and you choose to stay here and you decide to like use your time to make this place better, then yeah. like you deserve more of a gold star than <laughs> the people who were just born here, right? Like you're actually, you know, coming here and, and learning, you know, the, the culture here and the community and all that stuff. And you're, you know, using your brilliant brain to connect those things. And yeah, well, and you, you. You choose to be here. Yeah, yeah. you choose to yeah. be here. I mean, it does make a difference. As much as uh, people who are born in any given place like have a little bit of um, generational knowledge right. and, and, mm. and stake in the place that they're in, um, they didn't choose to be there. They were yeah. just born there. Yeah. Right. When, when people move to an area, any given area, we're using Rhode Island now as the Our smallest example. place ever right. so everyone right. knows everyone right. Right. <laughs> when they right. choose to move there it means like oh you loved you came here you saw it you loved it so right. much that you wanted to live here right like right. that makes that's a big deal yeah and i so you know while uh, i was uh, executive director and, and a founding board member of millennial rhode island mm. um and you know you shout out to another person on the who to watch list um this 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 cohort travis escobar yeah um and in that you know his role that organization's role and just to the point about like you know there are people who've born and bred here i'm being you know welcomed here and being brought to the table here by um you know folks from here has always mm. been a key part of the way that i've you know really um you know felt like a really value of investing my time because you know, I do think there's just a reality that I don't know what it's like to go to school here. I don't know yeah. what it's like to, you know, know, uh, you know, yeah, to have grown up in these neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that perspective is so valuable for how the state figures out how to solve a lot of its issues, really tapping into the perspectives of those who really understand them best. Um, but with Millennial Rhode Island, the hashtag choose RI, mm. right? There's something just so important and I think so unique about Rhode Island in terms of how people end up here. That's always an interesting thing for people who are not from Rhode Island when they're here. It's like, well, what brought you here? Yeah. Because it's always going to be something very particular and so specific, specific because <laughs> you, you know, to some extent you may be sacrificed being in a big city or real yeah. cities. My partner who's from New York says, you know, oh, yeah. I miss a real city. But I'm like, but there's this thing you have to find and discover in mm -hmm. Rhode Island that you realize that it's very hard to get this somewhere else. Yeah. And usually that is what everyone who's here 
is here because of something mm. that someone who chooses to be here is because you know there's this like art kind of culture scene that I'm really trying to figure myself out in and it's not like any other city yeah. or I'm trying to do community engaged work and you know I've tried in other cities and it's not as interconnected or I wasn't as welcomed I wasn't welcomed in as easily as you know I, I was here and there's these pieces that really make Rhode Island and mm. it's one of those things like if you know you know yeah right like yeah, you know other yeah, people yeah. like I literally go around outside of Rhode Island and I'm talking about this place Providence be like yeah okay what's really going on there yeah, I'm like yeah. I just can't, you can't describe in 60 it. seconds yeah. explain this There's to you, magic. you know? Now, um, so walking around with an elevator pitch. For <laughs> <laughs> I have multiple. Yeah, good. <laughs> At the end of this episode, we'll hear all of them. No, just kidding. Um, so you obviously came here for schooling yeah. and your family was in Boston yeah. and they had a restaurant in Boston. And yeah. then I think part of a, a really cool journey for you that I've seen through research, through art through your Who to Watch article, is that you have such a sense of like family in yeah. everything you do. Yeah. So if you can just explain how getting them to be in Providence as yeah. well and how that kind of like made everything work or, or where that, yeah. you know, turned things. Yeah, I mean, it was an interesting kind of culmination of all the things that, you know, we spoke about, we've spoken about, about what kind of brought me here that ultimately was, yeah, a real life proof case of why this was the right place to be mm. um it's a bittersweet story in that um, my parents have had a west african food restaurant in boston's dudley square bintimani um for 15 years and um the building was bought by these developers the boston real estate um uh collaborative um and uh they came in very clearly in this um you know place in uh, the heart of Roxbury that has been historically a uh, black community in both the uh, commercial aspect, but also residential, like this is a very black um, area. And their goal was to convert this building into a luxury co living whatever that even means <laughs> um but it just didn't sound like you're gonna preserve the yeah. historical cultural yeah, values that you guys here have built like your families and right. communities have built to yeah, yeah okay. to establish that yeah. that that area and um you know they showed the plans of this building that they had and uh the 14 businesses including my parents um all um black owned from East, West Africa and mm. um, African-American businesses that were part of this building saw these plans that literally did not include them oh. and um, asked the question of, well, what's going to happen with us? And they essentially said that, um, well, we're going to renovate it, which means we're going to have you guys leave for about a year or so. And then when we have it built, yeah. exactly, you know, we'll, you know, have you all reapply to, to oh, figure boy. out who can be a tenant oh, here. And, you know, my dad called me and I understood this. I'm like, this is de facto eviction yeah they're you're not saying it out. but yeah. what do you do if you have a restaurant and someone says you have to go away for a year do you take your ovens and your yeah. you, you know where do you put your equipment where do you put that stuff right and you're then, gonna pay a storage unit of what that's like 300 dollars a month not with a business op how are you how is that even nonsensical that's crazy sense. so you know it makes me so angry and i was and i was angry and i was in school and i was yeah. busy but i was like <laughs> you know i have to you know kind of be here for my family and for yeah. my parents and ended up taking it to court and um, you know, we were able to have them commit to keeping the businesses for at least a specified date. So they didn't have to worry at some point, just going to kick us out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Small victory. But in that um, experience, we worked with 
you know, local organizations and really kind of became the rabble rousers mm. and had a target on our back essentially for doing that work of trying to advocate on behalf of the other businesses and protect us. Um, so as soon as the pandemic hit and the moratorium on evictions was lifted, um, because of the pandemic and so many other things, my parents were behind on rent, as was everyone. Yeah. But they had legal groundings to go to a court and say, hey, this tenant isn't paying their rent and no matter what we said which was yeah. other people aren't etc cetera, etc cetera. in the middle of a in the pan pandemic that's never happened before law that, precedent yeah. says if a landlord says yeah. someone's not paying rent and they haven't and it's been an extended period of time they can evict you yeah so we were evicted and um just coincidentally um above uh, chase had called me regarding some other thing that um he was working on or thinking about and um i, I mentioned what was going on with my family and um, as someone who's a real estate um, developer who has, um, you know, properties downtown Providence, he was able to offer us um, a space at 326 Westminster, the former Thomas Bow Bow. And I've been there, eaten there before. And just the idea. Yeah. This is in that moment of him offering it to me. This was like reflecting on my parents journey, what yeah. they've gone through, what they've sacrificed, what they you know, they had a very small mom and pops 500 square foot um, restaurant. They had gotten acknowledgement by like Eater Boston of like this being a, incredible, but they had no visions that this would be anything beyond just a means to Bigger, pay rent, yeah. you know. And so the idea of that just, yeah, I mean, it, it it blew me away. It was something unfathomable. I didn't know how to start a restaurant. There's like a restaurant, <laughs> yeah, restaurant, restaurant, like a bar how program. Big is that space? Yeah. So this space is 1,400 wow. square feet. So almost triple um, the space. Almost that triple that you the space. Before. You're downtown. Yeah. You're dealing with a, a, a whole other level of traffic and everything like that. And again, to the point about this type of community, if we had this opportunity anywhere else, I probably would have been like, it's a great opportunity, but I don't think we're there yet. We don't have yeah. the money. We don't know what to do. But here, just was able to put it out through social media what we were going through and what we were thinking about and like flooded. People were with supportive. people with, you know, expertise, people with, um, you know, willingness, PVD donuts, um, um, you know, they reached out and they were able to help us put together a business plan. Oh, wow. The, you know, very beautifully done, um, you know, uh, PowerPoint. Um, and, um, you know, we had folks from Frog and Toad reach out to a collaborative yes, tote bag with us love, with our logo on it. Asher. Um, and Asher's phenomenal yeah. <laughs> um, and and such a such a great business person and community person. Um, we've had just so many people throughout mm. and there's like a long, long list of names of the different folks. Isco pop-ups, um, Isco Spirits, they were able to partner with us to do our pop-ups and just get the yeah, word out yeah. about what we're doing and uh, how our food what our food's like. How and amazing it is. Yes. To get in preparation for the. Yes. Yes. In the restaurant. And, you know, on the food. I yeah. grew up eating this. Yeah. You know, everyone feels that your your food at home, what your parents make is, is amazing. Yeah. For me, I had the kind of uh, contentious relationship with it that, um, you know, growing up, African food, it looked not as appealing or attractive mm. as other food types. So at potluck, I never really brought my family's food. And um, now that, you know, we have this restaurant and we're bringing our food out to other people, seeing people eat and go, Love wow, it. yeah, this is amazing. Really like something I knew, but I didn't know or feel that it was something I felt comfortable sharing mm -hmm. with my friends, let alone the world. Yeah. 
And that just also was just something that was so heartwarming and something that was so encouraging and something that was just a reality about like, you know, Rhode Island, this is our story, right? Like, you know, the, the underdog, the person, the, the, the city, the state that's kind of looked down on. But once you actually experience this place, yeah, it's like undeniable the value, undeniable, the character, undeniable, the quality. Mm. And so that was very much like what it was like to have people respond to our food and just this confirmation. I'm like, I knew it, but like seeing it now. Yeah, and it's totally like, different. You know, it's, it's totally, it's totally different. It's amazing. So we'll be here spring 2022. Yes. We're um, building out the restaurant now um, and we're planning on opening um, in time for I know PBD Fest was just announced. Yeah. We want to be a big so part exciting. of that downtown. So, yeah, we're very excited. And your restaurant also or, or the kitchen space you have mm-hmm. uh, is used as like an incubator for other small yeah. startups, restaurants, businesses. Yeah. yeah. What does that entail? So um, uh, last week I defended my thesis, uh, my master's thesis. Um, yes, which is very that's exciting a, to be so done cool. with that. Yes, um, and the the thesis main premise was, um, you know, capitalism is here and is a lot, and um, you know there have been ways that communities have figured out how to have business um, before capitalism, mm. and in ways that were collective and shared, and um, did a lot of research on pre-existing um, cultures and how they navigated that in you know, looked at current existing cooperatives and things like that. And just was like, this is just a, a great way for businesses to help themselves, but also to help a community out. And so bringing those principles into how we were thinking about building out uh, Bintimani was critical. And what we ended up deciding was we wanted to be able to share our kitchen space and share our, our, our space in general, making the space possible like capable of being able to support community organizations and community events and host them in our space also being able to figure a business plan out in a way that we could you know sell our food from an hour to a certain time and make what we need to make but also that time that we wouldn't have something going on like the morning maybe we can have a breakfast program Mm. the late night menu when hopefully my parents can finally start going to bed (laughs) on time you know we can bring in other um, chefs that can um, sell their food build up their brands get used to the thing that we didn't know how to do, which was how to function in a main street business um, and find a way to make it, you know, economical and, and affordable and shareable. Um, so our, you, our uh, you said that you like, you will have a bar at the new restaurant. Right? Yes, we will have a so bar. That's the cool part too. Yeah. Like I didn't even think about last time. I don't even think we touched on this, like having it be uh, another chef or yeah. uh, an up and coming uh, restaurant. be. Yeah in the kitchen for your late night menu right. because then you can still have your your bar sales yes. and then they can have kitchen sales exactly. wow. or what, what por- so smart of it. exactly and it's like you that thought makes this a lot through. of sense <laughs> yes cool. yes cuz usually the the late night menu is like uh for lack of a better word like bar food right, It'll be right. like you know something you can throw on a fryer later yeah, but if you just yeah. have somebody else who's willing to be back there and right. cook in completely different food that's, exactly. that's really cool exactly and so we're we're very excited about that you know and a lot of it i mean I'm working with a team. We have, you know, Libby Slater, um, you know, who's designed a lot of uh, amazing spaces here in Providence. Um, we have Juliet um, Vish, who's a South African, or she's based in South Africa, designer. And um, we have a whole team of, of people who are kind of coming together and thinking about how to make this restaurant work. And they have all expertise in design and restaurants, things like that. Um, 
me, I just have, I've eaten in a lot of places. <laughs> and it's kind of like, I'm just like, yo, you know what would be really cool? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's kind of how I sound, yeah. talking to the people who actually have expertise. You need that, though. But it is helpful. Yeah. I don't know if you guys, uh, either if you watch uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, oh, yeah. but uh, Larry David gets a, a cafe and he um, builds the space with like things that, Someone who's just neurotic would be thinking about and like, we got to make sure the tables are stable and yeah. we got to make sure that the urinal, we got to get rid of, you know, mess in the bathroom. Right. Yeah. And I'm kind of that person. I have another real expertise. Yeah. How are we going to yeah. make sure we're generating profits and keeping in customers and thinking about flow? No, but listen, we have to have hooks. <laughs> everywhere you can where are the outlets place yes. people's phones like they die yes we need to charge um, them yeah so one thing i'll say it will be a seamless yeah. experience all the things that annoy you about restaurants you've thought i personally that's all i've thought of um yeah. you know how to not end up with the situation where you're trying to split the bill with five people and no one's prepared awkward. for this moment it gets awkward mm-hmm. we're preparing for we that. got you covered <laughs> See, exactly. this is smart. and that's the thing about like um somebody that's just like completely in a given industry yeah. is uh you you follow norms and you know that you will have certain people that like buck the norm and that's yeah. part of why they become popular but there's still like baselines that you work right. with right. that having somebody who for lack of a better term knows nothing about yes. restaurants yes. come yes. in and be like well this is the stuff that bothers me right. isn't right. necessarily something they would ever think about yeah right, right. it would be like right. uh somebody who does uh designs the uh, art exhibits right. or something right. and then having just a general public Right, weigh in on it and right. be like, well, yeah, every time smart. I go to an art exhibit, yeah. I can't see the art because yes. there's not enough room in front of it yeah. or whatever. Right. And they go, oh, we didn't think about that, mm. you know? And, th- and that goes to, I think, the again, the secret sauce of Rhode Island, right? You have this small place um, that's very design, creative oriented. Um, and, you know, I see um, uh, Adrian um, with, um, uh, 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 let me make sure I know, because I'm, I'm involved with both Down City Design and yeah. Design by Rise. Yeah, Down City so Design. Down City yeah, Design. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I was going to jump in if you got Yes, yeah. no, no, no. I want to make sure, you know. <laughs> but, you know, this design energy that's here and mm. thinking about how to bring in other perspectives is a thing that people in Rhode Island are really championing. And I think it's happening in Rhode Island in ways that not is easily happening in other places that are more siloed and communities are kind of separate. You have the designers mm-hmm. here, you have the real estate people over here. Here we're interacting and we're doing things together. And so you have a place, a situation where you have someone who has the background I have and, and, and is coming in and having a conversation and building something in Rhode Island that is a, a combination of these different perspectives. Yeah. And it just helps to really establish our ecosystem and our brand as a city that is doing these things interestingly and differently. So um, that this whole process, again, all of it just felt very Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> we so. Love, and it's a full circle sort of moment, yeah. right? Like Completely. education was so important to your family and yeah. specifically your dad. Mm-hmm. He bestowed that on you. Yeah. You came to Rhode Island, went to Brown, yeah. fell in love with the state. Yeah. They couldn't stay in Boston. You yeah. brought them here. Like yeah. it's all, yeah. Nick and I love like a full circle moment. Oh, yeah. That's like our favorite that thing. It might be like the yeah actual theme of this podcast. That's the actual theme of this podcast. <laughs> but it's, you know, it, it just makes, it makes me feel, you know, so again, like excited and proud and happy that we live in a city and a state that brings people who have these ideas and the drive to actually right. accomplish things right. and not only accomplish like your individual idea, but then also see like you said you were, um, uh, uh, I'm going to say the title wrong, but like a counselor for Mount Hope High School. Yeah, or le- uh, yeah. college uh, advisor. Thank you, a yeah, college yeah. advisor. Like you don't have to do that. Like that <laughs> is very, that's extracurricular, yeah. Yeah. you know, but you chose to learn the community, right. do that. Right. No, you went through an experience where you felt like the schooling wasn't 
top tier. So now yeah. you're using your experience to help other people who yeah. may be going through that. Like you're doing these things. Not only are you succeeding for you and your family, but you're coming here and you're succeeding for like a whole community. And that's like freaking awesome. Like snaps, like triple <laughs> snaps you. for you. Thank and you. also coming here to record as like a podcast. Well, you know, <laughs> thank you. And, you know, a large part of it has always been, as you mentioned, this first full circleness. Everything that I've went and gone and done for the sake of community or family has been something in some way someone else has done for me, mm. right? And so I was a college advisor because I was college advised. Yeah. And had it not been for the uh, teacher and the college advisors who advised me on my path, I would not have taken the steps that I did. Mm. So I knew the value of that and felt that I had to, um, you know, yeah, pass the, the torch or, um, you know, uh, pay it forward mm. um, and do the same within the community that brought me in yeah. and that has allowed me to really establish my roots here so uh, a lot of it has felt like yeah a, 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 a cycle of just you know being benefited and doing my best to like repay that yeah and a lot of the um i'm gonna say the problems i have with like the education system college in general kind of thing is that most of the stuff you hear from like about what you should do in college yeah. comes from colleges. Yeah. Um, yeah. So having people who are like um, independent, like in the high school, right. helping uh, guide somebody, you could say like, you'd be talking to somebody, well, what do you want to do with your life? And they yeah. talk about, oh, well, I love these things and I love these things. And right. I was thinking about going to college for this, but this right. is what I do on the side. And you're like, well, why don't you go into right. a trade instead? Right. You don't have to right. go to college or, you know, uh, here's how you should approach your uh, yeah. financial part of college. Right. Like yeah. that's what screwed right. me. I got, I got, Nailed, nailed nailed to the wall with my financials on in college and it's just not something uh as a for lack of a better word i know an 18 year old is an adult but yeah you know no. as, no. as a, as no. a basic <laughs> child yeah yeah uh it's not something you it's like you're making this major life decision yeah uh, right out of high school yeah uh, that could cripple you financially for a long time so forever having yeah. i think there should be like an independent person in every high school right. who is not associated with any right. colleges. I, it's and just, you. Right. We're putting you in all, <laughs> yeah. of, the, just, all of the high schools uh, in Rhode Island. And just advises, like, this is what you yeah. should do. Yeah. Or, like, you know, here's here's what I would do if I were you, or right. here's your options. Like, right. You don't have to go to this school. Mm. You don't have to go to that school. Whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I think it makes a huge difference, especially because all of the pressure now is, like, you have to go to college. Right. Absolutely. And I think that um, in my college advising experience, I really do think that that was really the foundation of really figuring out what I actually want to do. Like I knew what was important to me going into uh, um, college and coming out of it. But that experience has really taught me like where the gaps are from a community standpoint. Yeah. And to this point, yeah, I mean, the thing about being a college advisor is, is the way I was doing it was I often wasn't giving college advice. Yeah. I was giving life, life advice, personal, yeah. um, financial, totally. all kinds of things that didn't even have to do with, well, when you get to college, it was just preparing you for life and just realizing that, you know, we don't have a lot of resources mm -hmm. in communities to be able to support people, particularly who don't fit a traditional path. Yeah. And most high school uh, courses that actually used to prepare you for some life stuff or gone now yeah even they like, like right. home mech or like right. you know there was like the woodworking or like right. metal shop or right. like all these things that could help you learn if you like to trade or not right. are just gone can right. someone teach me how to pay bills i mean right, who right. Was, so my what last my right. last year of high school i just needed a, a math credit and i was awful at math mm -hmm. so i took i don't remember what they called it but it was like the low rung math class right. but it was like really realistic math right. it was like balancing a checkbook and like right. 
you know, stuff you would actually use on a day-to-day basis. Right. I was like, this should be the first right. class everybody takes. Yeah. Why is this an elective yeah. class? Yeah. And this is why um, with both Bintimani and with uh, the plan for dismantling, for dismantle is around like um you know understanding that entrepreneurship and this again let me put out there uh, you know i've been very clear about my feelings around capitalism mm. and entrepreneurship can often be seen as like a pathway to just become a capitalist and what i really have seen in my life my parents have been entrepreneurs they've been like well working a, a, a nine to five job while i'm you know, a father of five kids didn't work out for me because I had to get home in time to take care of my um, kids. And so I needed flexibility in my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed to be, have a job that, you know, I had the skill sets that I didn't need to go keep going back to school to keep sharpening, to keep up with mm-hmm. un- other engineers. Um, I needed stability. And so what I watched my dad do essentially is become an entrepreneur through necessity, entrepreneur through necessity. And so I realized that there's so many people in our community, so many needs within our community that having an entrepreneurial mindset, being like ha- being resourceful, knowing who to reach out to, having connections, having a mentor, um, that these are all tenants that like if you're a small business, you learn. That's the first thing you realize first you have thing. to do. I don't know a lot of things in order to succeed at this. I have to figure out where to find those things. Mm. Um, and so I've you know seen that as such an important skill set to you know be able to influence and and help people develop at whatever age and whatever point in their um, lives and you know through um, work with Bintimani and hopefully with what we're I'll try to do with Bintimani is really getting people who are at the I want to be an entrepreneur stage. Give them a step. Um, And they might be a little later in their lives than hopefully what ultimately would be possible which is I'd love to be engaging with youth and figuring this part out and Mm. maybe before you know that you want to be entrepreneur it's like being aware that like we came in we're like oh you know taking photos and talking yeah that's a real skill set (laughs) that's a a real skill set set that especially now um the youth of today you have access to a lot of these i'm seeing these tiktoks and i'm like this is you know, borderline Spielberg level, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, kind of directorial yeah. um, expertise. And so, you know, I think that it's uh, the ultimate goal is really trying to work with younger and younger people with an ability to know what skill sets you have that the, the traditional academic, you know, uh, system might not acknowledge or uplift or, um, you know, allow you to develop and build so that when you get to that place, you can choose college, mm. yeah. but choose college because that's what makes sense for you. This is a lot of money. This is the, yeah. the, the most expensive decision. We just kind of casually like more than a push on people. Right. Yeah. You know, it can be more than a house. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and there's much worse loans. Yes, <laughs> yeah. The rates are not good. And yeah, you know, like the Stay away from variable. Yeah. There's a lot that can happen to you in college. That, yeah. You know, um, I, I, yeah. the, you just, you said the thing about, you know, watching your father become an entrepreneur and we had talked about this the last time we spoke with you. And that was one of like the biggest takeaways I had from our conversation, how like, and this is something that we've talked about with some other guests too. Like some people might not have the, the resources to go to college, to get a good job. So they end up getting a job that pays very low. How do you support a family on that? Or people who went to school who had a learning disability, who weren't treated the same, who were told you're uh, dumb. You don't know how to do this. You're in these lower classes that had to figure out the world in a different space and became an entrepreneur someone who didn't have access to certain means or were treated differently so the fact that and i think the pandemic you know there was a kind of a big thing about like oh there's a staff there's like you know a shortage of employees but i think to your point i think a lot of people were like 
wait, I can like make a good or I can offer a service right. that is my service right. that I control. Right. Right. I control the pay. Right. I control the hours. Right. And I don't have to answer to someone. I right. don't have to get paid right. terribly. Right. I don't have to work on holidays. Right. Right. And when you said, I, and it was, it's one of those things that you kind of see happening, right. but you don't, when you said that the last time we talked, I was like, oh my yeah. God, that is it's and it's I'm happy that it's starting like people are starting to be like, oh, I can become an entrepreneur. Right. I right. can own a restaurant. I right. can start a clothing line. I can yeah. do, you know, myself. I do makeup on right. the side. That's something that, you know, I can offer. I right. I control the pay. I control right. if I say yes or if I right. say no. Right. And it's good, decent yeah. earnings, yeah. you know. Yeah. So it's like it, it's so the and I know. You know, the next question, I know we've, we go off on some <laughs> tangents, will be like, what's coming? And I know yeah. dismantle is a huge part of that. Yeah. And I think that kind of all, again, full circle yeah. leads to dismantle, like right. becoming an entrepreneur and getting the resources and the tools to do right. that. So if you don't mind discussing that a little bit yeah. in more depth. Yeah. I mean, so I think the, you know, key piece there, you know, to your um, response, Asha, is like this understanding that, you know, these, there's a pathway to a freer a more comfortable, a mm -hmm. more, uh, a life with more autonomy. Yeah. And that's something that, um, especially in the world we've lived in um, for the past, you know, uh, going on two years, is that the value of that, our own time, the ability to take care of ourselves and center ourselves so we can, whether it's be there for our job or be there for our families. And that's been something that, you know, we've never really been able to, jump off the hamster wheel even discuss it really and talk about yeah. right that's just all oh, that's ridiculous well yeah. you just want to be unemployed you need a stable job you right. need to work a nine to five there was no conversation around that. and now we're opening that up more and so with that to me i'm just like you know seeing that and realizing that um there's so much value in building the supports and the resources and the conversation and making it a norm mm. that people have actual opportunities to choose something other than just being plugged into a nine to five that you have no control or not much control over if this is actually ideal for you. So um, in comes the idea with Dismantle, which is a nonprofit um, that um, is in the process of, of, of being formed. Um, and the goal that I have with that is to be able to provide um, support, being able to provide resources, capital, um, being able to provide um, expertise through the existing resources that are already there. There's a big thing that happens in Rhode Island, happens everywhere, but we talk about a lot in Rhode Island, duplication of efforts. And that's not what I'm aiming to do with Dismantle. The um, goal is to be able to provide a service that is connected to the existing services. We as a restaurant, as a group of entrepreneurs, a family of entrepreneurs, we had to rely on my own connections to know where we can try and raise money, um, how we can learn how to submit the documentations for licenses, who are the point people within our industry that we have to know about and be connected to and be informed of, um, and read a lot of paperwork. A lot, a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of paperwork. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. A lot and of patience. A lot of, and there's a lot, and the Nobody patience Nobody tells piece. you when you want to start a business that it's mostly paperwork. And, it, you know, <laughs> and, and so many people are trying to decide between their full-time job and their kids and all this stuff, and then they start the process of being an entrepreneur, and you get through the first app application just like i can't do this damn this is too much i, I can't do this yeah. and so what we want to do with this mantle is do the best we can to 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 avoid or to mitigate the level of um 
people who are deterred from a path in entrepreneurship by just being there at the wherever you are. Mm. You know, I just have an idea. I think I want to go into entrepreneurship. Well, you know, with this man, we want to be able to say, okay, well, maybe we just need to support you with the ideation. Mm. You know, there's not a lot of places. There are a lot of resources out there, but there's not a lot of places you can go and say, hey, I just want to like, figure Talk out if this someone. idea yeah. makes sense as a business. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to sign anything or go through a lengthy application. I just want to kind of rift mm-hmm. and see if this makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to go from there to the, Hey, um, I have an idea and maybe uh, we have established an LLC, but we just don't know where to go from here. Cool. We can, whether it's help you directly or connect you Give with you another resource that's here within this ecosystem. So you can, you know, figure out what's next. So like, uh, help establish connections with folks that can help fill in the gap in your somebody's knowledge. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, our experience has been, there's a lot of resources out there, but for a lot of the resources, there's been points where we didn't qualify or we didn't have enough work that we did on our own to be able to, to fully take advantage of the resource. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I know that that feeling was like, they'll say, we'll come back when you have this figured Seems out. Seems like an oxymoron. Right. right. But like, there's, what? <laughs> we're here help. to help you when you're ready to be helped. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, and there are resources. I want to, you know, shout out Maggie Longo and um, uh, the Rhode Island small business development center out of URI. Cause she and that department have been so critical with us, with Bintimani um, with figuring out, every step along the way um you know but the way that i got connected to that resource was i posted about what we were going through on linkedin i got reached out to got connected and just finding the resources mm. and you know uh they're a great uh resource but they're also capacity limited right and there's so many so many so many so many um people with potential ideas that you know need support and so we would love to do things like We'll work with them at a particular stage and then pass them on to a place Give them the resources that could help them further. To help them further and just stick with them. Mm. So there's maybe in collaboration with a person like Maggie who has a lot on her plate. She can help with the high level stuff if she can know and trust the resources like a resource like Dismantle is helping them with like the basics. Yeah. And then they're able to utilize the resources and the support that they have to help more people get to that next level. But Mm. now we've kind of found a way to kind of partner and support each other um, on just building out this ecosystem for the great, greater, the benefit of Rhode Island. And a lot of those resources, um, not all of them, but a good amount of them tend to be like, for lack of a better word, like niche. So it'll be like um, this group helps you with um, financial. This group can help with uh, business planning. This group can help with, uh, you know, city uh, or like state town city uh, permits, things like that. But you might not, as a person just coming into this type of thing, you wouldn't know like who to talk to yeah. and you're like, Oh, well these people can help me, but then you right. find out they can only help you with this piece. Right. And uh, if I'm understanding it right, dismantle yeah. can act almost like a hub to right. say like, Oh, these are the people that you need to talk to for this thing. Right. Right. We're going to get you prepared for it. That right. way, when you sit down with them, they can't say, well, you don't have this paperwork, right. so we can't help you. And right. you know, it, working to uh, make, streamline the yeah. process yeah. I yeah yeah i just thought of Absolutely. another full circle moment so you were talking about how or we were talking about you were became a college advisor because mm-hmm. you were advised right yeah. you were received help in, yeah. in opening a business yeah and now you're helping people and as a college advisor you weren't always talking about college stuff you were yeah. talking about financial stuff family stuff personal stuff how to get them to the point right. they need to go and you're doing that for businesses yeah. too <laughs> yes Paying yes forward. yes you know what i mean like yeah. you're you know if and I think from my understanding and from what we've talked about, a lot of entrepreneurs, maybe the only one in their family, mm-hmm. may have 
never taken a business class or have any idea where to start and just the feeling alone of like i have a passion this is what i really want to do where the hell do i start right well and they're probably being for uh, poo-pooed by their family friends like that's, and, right. oh that's impossible right. that's never gonna happen do that, yada, right. yada. so then they're completely they're an island in the middle yeah of they don't have someone know? just even like a a little light to like say like hey is this is this yes. gonna, is this possible <laughs> like can i do <laughs> well, this and then yes. be the idea you said where part of it can just be a pitch right they can mm. say like right hey everybody that uh, is in my family just says i need to get this kind of job yeah. and i don't want to i want to start this business yeah. let me just throw this spaghetti at your wall and right. you tell me if it sticks or not right right you know? and you know to the um you know full circleness i mean don't be surprised if uh two years from now I'm interviewing you both. Like, I mean, like, but, but that, that but that to me, and that, and that maybe is like one of the, you yes. know, this, this who to watch list, you know, it's really a, an incredible honor and generally being able to talk about my journey. It's an honor, but I always, you know, feel that it's important to stress, listen, I'm not just some, you know, kid who just had this gift and yeah. just throughout life made all the right decisions and ended up on this trajectory. And mm. now we'll just continue to soar. It's really been this cycle right my Mm -hmm. life has not been this upward shooting star it's been this kind of continuous circle this intentional kind of uh, cycle of things have been done to me that have helped me figure out some things so i've through that experience felt compelled towards trying to support this for other people that are in that position Mm -hmm. and that will continually be my experience and so it's been helpful for me because i'm like i haven't really needed to do too much of figuring out what's going to be in 10 years Mm. Mm -hmm. because it's really just being very very present in what's happening now now and realizing like how i can do more to give into those that have allowed for me to make Mm -hmm. it through this year yeah um and and not just taking larger and larger cycles but really like just being very intentional about thinking about replenishing mm. that that is kind of being given out to me so if i do have any advice any sources really just like that's that's the key as you're whatever you are in your life you know and you're figuring out you know what you want to do and what you want to be don't don't ignore what is happening to you, you and what's happening for you and mm. who's kind of coming around you because that has been what has continually showed me what's next yeah um, you have a gift i think that you can see big picture in <laughs> singular picture at the same time and i don't think a lot i think a lot of people do one or the forest and the trees yeah like i think a lot of people do one or the other so like the fact that you can like go through these small moments and and fulfill them and work them and then like you said in the bigger trajectory you can see how they're panning out i think that i mean obviously you're you have an amazing education your family has a wonderful restaurant like there's so many things but that in a lot of it is like the base of your gift, like being able to do that. And like, I mean, I'm sure part of that was learned and taught, but like that's something in your like a beautiful little gem (laughs) in your little brain, not big Um. brain, obviously you just are graduating (laughs) from MIT. (laughs) But in the words of Sasha, when I say like a little, a cute, a baby, a shiny, it's a a very much a term of endearment. Um, But like, that's such a a gift to have. And and the fact that you're using that gift to help other people and Mm. also like looking at the bigger picture and helping yourself your family other it's just it's crazy it's so it's so cool <laughs> thank you thank you so much and, yeah. I, and i appreciate that and of course appreciate the opportunity and you know i think uh to the key to the gift is you know the moments like this where you're reflecting on it and doing this yeah. of course when you're doing it in conversation but also 
personally mm. and spending a lot of time just really you know reflecting on the journey like life can hit you we talked about being 30 and you look back and you're like wow like i've gone through Damn. so much like <laughs> some point you yeah. know relative to the time it took to get here which might feel you know short to some extent i'm gonna be 60 yeah you know and it's like you gotta kind of do that constant reflection and just want to appreciate be proud of yourself um proud of what you've done to get here um and um you know to to, to yeah that's the best way to prepare for what's next yeah, yeah. So, uh, really talking about being 30 uh like looking a little full circle again back to when we were talking about trying to make a decision what you're gonna do with the rest of your life when yeah. you're 18 like I'm in my 30s. I still don't know what I want to be. <laughs> Heck when yeah. I'm older. yeah, yeah. Like people, are like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm like, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah it's like, hard. am I grown up yet? Does this count? Does this yeah. count? I don't think <laughs> no. so. And well, you again, you've kind of got the got the head start on it because in your career, it feels like you have a little piece of a lot of little things. Mm-hmm. So it feels like you, because I think again, we're taught in in high school or in even in college, like this is going to be your career. You're going to do this for the rest of your life. You're not always going to be happy, but you're going to always have a stable paycheck and you're going to bop, 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 bop. And I think now we're learning. It seems like you had a a leg up knowing (laughs) what your father went through and the education and have him becoming a business owner that like, it's okay to like do multiple things. And even if they're, all of them are not like a hundred percent stable. Like if you're doing a lot of things that are half stable, that equals like, a stable yes, yes you know yes. so and you're probably i would assume and, and correct me if i'm wrong way more fulfilled mm. than going into like a boring job where you're right. crunching numbers or like doing right. whatever you get to interact with your community yeah. you get to be in the restaurant scene yeah. you get to be in education you get yeah. to help youth like right. you're doing all these things yeah. so for you if that question is you like what do you want to be when you grow up it's like <laughs> Listen, I'm doing a lot of things. Everything. Yeah. Everything. Yes, but yes. that's great. Like I'm doing everything. Yes. And yes. that's a the fact that in the time that we're in now, that's even like possible. Mm-hmm. And people like you are creating the opportunity for other people right. to do that is like it's incredible. It's mind blowing. You know, and, and 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 I appreciate that. And I think, you know, again, you know, again, I don't know why I'm getting so advisey. I think when you turn thirty, this is Do it. Yeah, we it, love right? the you know, advice. Like wisdom, but you know, when I was 25 or, or 26, um, you know, it didn't feel like all these disparate things made sense mm. and p- painted a very clear picture about what the next step is. And I'm sure a lot of people maybe listening to this or in general reflecting your life might feel like I don't have all of it together. I've done a little bit all over here. And that doesn't feel like this great mix of things that comes together neatly. Mm. And so maybe, you know, hearing my journey it's gonna sound like all these things were building up to this totality but that's not how it felt as yeah. if it was a plan that's not how it felt in <laughs> yeah, it it yeah, felt yeah. like i'm yeah. in school yeah. on this pathway here yeah. i think i know what i want to do when i graduate and then my parents call me with this problem yeah. and it's pulling me away from what was my true north mm-hmm. and then it was actually just letting myself trust where this is happening be in that moment and be reflective and then see what good can come out of this and so sometimes when you're running all over the place any new thing that pops up and sometimes those new things that pop up are things that you say listen this is just not this isn't it my direction but it's not as easy or clear all the time but Mm. there are some things in there that for me and i think in general are rooted in your values right i have Mm -hmm. a general expectation if my family calls me i'm probably going to answer and probably going to lend a hand in whatever they're going through yeah and the same for my community and the people in my community who 
who I rely on and who rely on me. Mm. And so you have these things that you're like, well, I will generally always go when called to this. And so, you know, you're deciding between, no, this organization wants me on their board or that organization wants me to work there. Maybe I'm not sure about that, but there are some things that I think I've trusted that have helped lead me to this place where it now feels like all these things came together. Um, but it's just really being in tune with oneself and and doing your best to not look at who else is getting acknowledged on yeah. the Forbes list and who's <laughs> over here and someone who's doing this and just really um, staying true to yourself. And, and that's that's really what I hope I continue to kind of rely on to take me, you know, where I'm meant to be. Yeah. And I'm sure getting to the path that you're on, it's and I think you've said it, but just to be like even more like embrace the sort of chaos yeah in in as long as you have you're rooted in something and you yeah. you have some sort of like you know core yeah even even if you make a decision and it's wrong and it doesn't turn out right if you have that core you're gonna figure it out yeah. you're gonna come out of it and it's yeah. you have to tr i mean i hate being one of those people that's like trust the process yes, but, but like life is the process yeah. and if you were told nick aya sasha that you know you're you at 20 Nick, you're going to be the general manager of a, of a media company. Would 20-year-old Nick think that that was going to happen? Uh, well, 20-year-old Nick was the manager of a warehouse. <laughs> no. So definitely yeah, not. Yeah. Or like you, when you're yeah. 20, you're starting a nonprofit. You're bringing your family's restaurant to Rhode Island and you're starting an incubation for like mm -hmm. these things. Like, But getting there, I mean, Nick at a warehouse was probably like, this is, I hate this. I hate everything about this. But like that was part of the process. You know, yeah. like that yep. was part of it. Yeah. Yeah. it and it's all it's all part of it and it's all full circle right. and it's messy and it's yeah. fun and it's like, you know, it's so much. It's Absolutely. a lot. It's a lot, but it's hopefully and rewarding. Screw Forbes because you're on the cover of Providence <laughs> yes, Monthly, right? baby. Yes. yes and that's, that's even uh, better. That's a good way. So we I, we could probably keep talking forever. forever. But, uh, yes. We should wrap this up. Um uh -huh. Bringing us back to Providence Monthly is a good way to, to do it. To uh, this was it. an awesome conversation. If I, you want to learn even more about uh, Aya uh, or the rest of our Who to Watch, you can pick up a copy of Providence Monthly. It uh, should be on st on shelves in lots of places around the city and um, adjoining uh, towns around the city. And uh hope everybody enjoys the issue. And then we will be having a uh, party. It's going to be so fun. Narragansett Brewery on Excited. January 18th. 18th. It's a Tuesday. Solid. And Solid. Aya, where can people find you if they want to keep up with you, your family, yes. all that good stuff? You can find me on Instagram primarily uh, at are we free yet? Um, and uh, you can follow what's happening with Bintimani and my family at, at Bintimani PVD across uh, all socials. Um, and um, yeah, uh, hopefully, you know, see me in the community. Heck I try yes. to be uh, outside. So, We're going to be you know, watching you. Yes, yes. It's awesome. Thank Did you we so say the 16th? I said the 18th. Okay, good. I ha I'm, I have it right. <laughs> On it. Don't worry. I'll, um, just, I'll just cut that little bit. <laughs> we appreciate you and all you're doing so much. Thank you for coming here for a second time. And again, I'm going to say you knocked a second interview out of the park. <laughs> yeah, we'll call the first ones like the lost tape. The Thank lost you. tape. Yeah, yeah. we and might you, discover that at some yeah, point. Release yeah, yeah, it. Sell yeah, it for yeah. how much much you want. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> um, but we thank you so much. We appreciate you. We appreciate your work. And we can't wait to see what you have coming in 2022 and further. Thank you. You're thank welcome. you for the time. Yeah, thank you, thank for, you for the chai latte. Yay! Uh, the, the amazing <laughs> of course. Thanks. Right. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.